Hello there, and welcome to episode two of Back to Jack Q. Apologies, it's been a while. Uh, if you've been waiting for the next episode, uh, I'm sorry, life was busy, I had a lot going on. Uh, it's been well over a month, but we're back. And today I am joined by Anna, uh, Missing Ben Solo on TikTok. Anna, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So today's topic of discussion is going to be all about the bad batch. Uh, I am loving this show so far. Uh, I'm thinking about it way too much. And it's also hurting me emotionally, uh, which, you know, I, I was expecting it to do, but not to the extent that it currently is. Um, so Anna, Missing Ben Solo on TikTok, you also have an Etsy shop. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, for people, if there is a video recording version of this, that's orders hanging up in the back of my room, of course. That's a, I believe, yeah, that's my Rex shirt over there. Um, it is Starry-Eyed Explorer on Etsy. I do totally custom handmade Star Wars embroidery. I do little like hoops. I do shirts for like people with pierced ears. There's earrings. It's, it's a whole thing. I can do basically anything someone sends me a picture of. So yeah, it's just a really fun way. And then to connect with people and get to share some Star Wars love and make unique merch that sometimes they don't always have for people. And that was kind of inspired by the lack of Ben Solo merch out there because I was like, I've, even though I have the Grogu in the back, I'm like, I have enough Grogu. They keep pushing that. I need something else. And yeah, I also have an Instagram for that, which is at Starry at Explorer shop. Yeah. Your stuff is uh is really cool. I like the tech. I oh, like the tech's tech. my favorite so yes. far. Uh huh. Uh, so go check out Anna on Etsy, also on TikTok at Missing Ben Solo. Um, so as mentioned, today's episode is all about the Bad Batch. Um, loving the show so far. Uh, so I think to start us off here, uh, and Ari, if you're listening to this, please forgive me, but I'm stealing your intro questions from from your Bad Batch podcast because I thought they were really good. Um, so we're gonna do. Uh, who your favorite member of the Bad Batch is, and what your favorite moment of the show has been so far. Oh, and I should probably preface, preface this. Uh, spoiler warnings for the Bad Batch. Yeah. Uh, we are currently halfway through the season on episode eight. So if you haven't seen uh, up to episode eight, this is your official spoiler warning. So Anna, I, th I know who your favorite member of the Bad yes. Batch is, but, but why don't you let the people know? Of course. Well, my favorite member, aside from being a simp, Tech is my favorite Bad Batch member. He was my favorite when they came into the Clone Wars in season seven. Though recently, I will say Crosshair's kind of been like a close second because I, I do love the kind of morally gray, like he's bad, but he doesn't want to be bad kind of character. Tech, I just love his dry humor and like bluntness. And I'm always a fan of like the kind of really nerdy characters. But as for like moments too, there's been too many. Easily the last episode has been my favorite episode, but I don't know if my favorite moment necessarily comes from that. I think it might be in like either episodes one or two. Uh, episode one, for some reason that cafeteria fight. And then also when they go back to the barracks, two of my favorite scenes. Also, Omega leaving the ship for the first time and feeling the dirt on the ground. Yes. Those are those are some good yes, ones for me. That was such a cool moment. Another Omega moment too, not my favorite of the show, but uh in the first episode at the very end when they're when they're taking off in the hyperspace and there's that shot of her uh with the with the, like stars in her eyes. Yeah. Um and that's just that was such a powerful moment and, and a powerful shot and and just kind of encapsulates that that hopeful kind of young um innocence and and just kind of hoping for for something more 
Um, and that was such a cool, such a cool moment. Um, and when when she gets off the sh- ship and feels the oh. dirt, it was just, oh, it was so precious. Yeah, it was. So precious. My favorite member of the Bad Batch since day one has been Crosshair. Um, I, I've always liked the sniper characters. I always thought the snipers were always the coolest of the group, no matter what show or movie it is. Uh, and Crosshair was no exception. I love just how he's kind of, he's cold and, you know, but, but there is a soft side to him and you can see that in some, in some moments. Um, but I love the way he talks. He's, he's almost like a, like serpent like with, with his voice and actually D Bradley Baker, he has different, um, words to attribute to each member of the Bad Batch. He said that that's what he does for Crosshair. It's kind of, he's kind of like a, like a serpent kind of like slither, slithering around, um, and the toothpick is cool. Yes. Uh, and I, I do like, I like his armor too. And just everything about crosshair, mm-hmm. uh, that's my favorite, but I will say there was, a, there was a brief period in time before the bad batch came out where I, I went back and I rewatched the, the clone wars arc of the bad batch tech tech was growing on me. Um, he does, I he did, does. I did really like tech, but then with, uh, the first few episodes of the bad batch and we'll get into it when you dive into the characters, but, yeah. but tech kind of drops a couple spots on my list but yeah, but fair. we'll uh we'll get into that later and then my favorite moment of the bad batch um it took me a while to think about but it was uh the joke that i think dave filoni has been waiting to tell for a decade with echo uh where when rafa goes is there an echo in here and yes. then or trace i don't remember who it was and then he goes yes i'm echo <laughs> That was, I forgot, literally, that part is so good. I was living for all the replays of that. I was like, he was waiting so long to do he's this. Been, he's been sitting on that one. Dave has been sitting on that one. And I, I, I love it. It was one of my new favorite jokes in Star Wars. I just Absolutely. So uh, but then another favorite moment of mine is in episode seven, when Rex gets introduced to the show and they kind of have that dialogue about the chips. And you really see how Order 66 and the, the later... Uh, events of the Clone Wars impacted Rex yeah, and how he's kind of dealing with that trauma. And once the Bad Batch says that they haven't removed their chips yet, he's ready to pull his blaster out yeah. and, and do what needs to be done because Rex knows how serious those chips can be. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing that side of, of Captain Rex and seeing how trauma and how, you know, experiences you go through can impact you and kind of change you. Um, and I think that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, he was ready to drop them in two seconds. And mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to me to see how, because the only, there's such a big gap with Rex as a character, because we saw him in Clone Wars, and then we see him in Rebels when he's like, old and matured and living like isolated with a couple of other clones. And like, to see the in between of how he gets to that point is going to be something that I'm really looking forward to just throughout the show. I hope they touch on that a little more. But yeah, seeing him and just the like instant, like I'm taking this child with me and like, I will kill all of you because you need to get those chips out. That was, I was very surprised, but also like, this is, this is cool. Mm -hmm. I think it was a really uh, interesting thing to kind of show and to kind of do with this character. Just it's almost like PTSD. Like he's got Mm -hmm. this, this trauma from his past experiences and he knows how serious the chips are. Yeah. Um, so moving on, before the Bad Batch came out, obviously we had the season seven uh, arc of the Clone Wars with the Bad Batch. Um, what were your thoughts of, you know, kind of the characters, the Bad Batch in general during this Clone Wars arc? Yeah, so I, I'm the first one to admit that coming into the Bad Batch, I was excited, but I wasn't like 
totally like chomping at the bit, like ready for this show. I enjoyed the arc in the Clone Wars. The main thing that I liked about it was the fact that Echo came back because Echo's death, like death for me was so traumatizing for some reason. I was like really sad when he died because of the way they kind of juxtaposed like him falling in Rex's face, like, oh my God, like that was a lot. But I did really like how they were different. And I, but to me, the beginning of season seven felt very much like they were using those episodes to set up these other things. And then they just jump right into order 66, kind of that. So I didn't like love the way it worked in the Clone Wars. I love it now, looking back on it. I've rewatched the arc multiple times. This is now slowly becoming my favorite show because of that. So kind of just going into it, I liked the characters. I didn't feel particularly attached to any of them per se. I definitely still had like, I was like, oh, out of these guys, I like this guy tech the most, but I was kind of just like, oh, mm, because even the way they treated Echo in that arc was very yeah. cold. Tech mm -hmm. kept, and like, it wasn't just tech and I thought it would just be him because he's cold and blunt, but like even Hunter, like, I don't know if we can trust him. Like he might still be working for the separatists. And it's funny to see how that's changed now and how Echo even makes the comment, like we can't trust a deserter. And they're like, why not? I'm like, well, that's a little hypocritical. Weren't mm -hmm. you guys not trusting him all that time ago? But yeah, that's kind of how it's uh, gotten better for me looking back on it. Mm -hmm. No, I kind of feel the same way during season seven of the Clone Wars. I was, you know, I liked the Bad Batch arc, but I wasn't like crazy about it or anything. Um, it wasn't particularly attached to any of the characters. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really like Wrecker during the, the season seven arc, but now I absolutely love him because yeah. uh, the show has given uh, an opportunity for them to flesh out his character so much more. Um, but, it, you know, it was, it was a good arc. I think it, it probably could have been shortened down to three episodes instead of four. Uh, it, it felt like it kind of did drag on at points. Um, but overall, you know, it was a it was a solid Clone Wars arc. I think it was a good way to kick off season seven. Um, but you know, I wasn't too crazy about it. And then at the end, when when kind of Echo decides to join them instead of going back with Rex, I I thought that that could be setting up something. But I wasn't expecting a full show. I was like, maybe it'll be a book or a comic book or or, or something like that. But uh, it was a pleasant surprise when they announced that the Bad Batch were getting their own TV show. And then once they announced it, I that became. And I'm probably in the minority here, but that became one of the Star Wars shows I was the most excited for because I'm a huge Clone Wars fan. And basically I saw it as, oh, we're getting Clone Wars season eight. Like it's just an extension of the Clone Wars. Um, another thing too is is my favorite part of the Clone Wars probably, or one of my favorite parts is the clones. Um, yes. And I love the episodes of the Clone Wars that are clone centered and that, you know, follow the clone story. And so I saw this show as it's Clone Wars, but just from the perspective of the clones. So yeah, I knew there was a really good potential for me to just fall in love with this show. Uh, and I was right so far. Um, but yeah, so I was super excited for the show. Did you have any predictions going into to the Bad Batch? Yes and no. I could not have told you that there was going to be like Omega or anything like that. The one thing that I did I kind of knew was something was going to happen with the chips. I didn't know what would. I also couldn't have told you that the first episode would be when Crosshair turns. I thought that that was going to become more of the pinnacle of the show. Like I thought they were going to build up into someone turning. So I was just kind of went in like no, no thoughts in my head because I'm also a Marvel fan. 
I've made the mistake of reading way too much into things before the show, during the show. So I went in with very minimal predictions. And I guess the one thing, even before the trailer, I knew we would see Rex again. I was like, there's no way they don't bring Rex into the show. Mm -hmm. And the, the one that I'm still holding out on, the like very mini theory I have is Rex versus Cody. And yes. I'm still hoping that happens. Yes. But that's my, that's my one big prediction, honestly. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any uh, huge predictions. I think I was the same as you. I was like, okay, they're definitely going to address the inhibitor chip thing. And we're probably going to see Order 66 again. Uh, and we did right off the start. Like they wasted no time. No time. Um, so, but other than that, I was just, you know, I'm kind of along for the ride. That's kind of how I am with everything. I don't like to, to make super big predictions or theories because I feel like if I do and then my, my predictions don't come true, then I get disappointed. I'd rather just, you know, kind of enjoy it as it comes uh, and, and, you know, be open to anything. Um, but yeah, kind of uh, jumping in, I think we should do a really quick uh, overview of each episode so far. Uh, just give our thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, starting with episode one, the 70 minute premiere, which that was oh. a gift. That, that was, was a, gift. a gift. I loved that. Um, but yeah, we, we start right off with, with order 66 and I will tell you what, I was not expecting to see a, uh, a young Caleb doom. Me uh, either. That definitely caught me off guard. Uh, so they, they show a uh, depth of the lava first and I'm like, no way is, uh, is he here? Is he here? And then he comes, he comes sliding down the, the hill. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but then, so I saw him and then I immediately just got heartbroken because I knew what was about to happen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but uh, interesting thing though, too, is there was a, uh, a comic, a canon comic called Kanan the Last Padawan, I believe, yeah. that actually told the story of uh, Caleb's uh, Order 66 origin. And that, that kind of got retcon changed a little bit yeah. Uh, in this, I never read the comic, so I wasn't, you know, impacted by it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of big Kanan fans were, which is interesting to see that that they kind of would change something that big. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, do you have any thoughts of, of the first kind of part of this episode? The first, I was terrified going into it. As soon as I saw what was happening, I was like, well, they, they May the 4th, happy May the 4th. Let's start off with Order 66. I was mm -hmm. like, no other way. This is Dave Filoni. I should have expected this. But I honestly loved their entrance. Like they have their own little, the music's playing, yep. like here they come. They're all showcasing their skills. And that was really cool to me. I like that they give them the like formal introduction again. I also am a very big Kanan fan. So I was excited to see him. It was unfortunate that they did do that with the comics, but I haven't actually gotten around to reading them. So I'm still probably gonna read them, enjoy them in their own right. But the whole beginning of the episode just was so good because I was like, wait, okay. So they're not, the inhibitor chip isn't working for them. And tech was just like, oh, like something's coming through the link. Like the war's over, something about order 66. And they're just like, oh, what's that? And then the like chasing Caleb into the forest, that scene to me was so good, but also so scary because I was like, oh no, crosshair, please mm -hmm. don't do it. But even then, like I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a little bit of a, a, a let up. No, he just went full no. into it by mm -hmm. the end. But yeah. the opening of the episode was so good. I've rewatched the first episode many times now because mm -hmm. that, that 70 minutes was perfect. Oh, it was, it was so good. Yeah. And then I uh, will get into crosshair a little bit later because uh, I have thoughts about why he missed that shot on uh, 
on a Canaan. Uh, and, you know, so you see crosshairs kind of chip activate, but then, you know, they go back to the Camino and they don't really think much of it until, you know, obviously they take crosshair and enhance this chip. But yeah, I loved going back to Camino too and kind of seeing uh, the perspective there after the, the rise of the empire and everything. And this is a, this is kind of an era uh, or, or a time in Star Wars that we haven't really seen a lot, like directly after, you know, the Jedi Order 66 gets called and that, you know, the Jedi get massacred. Um, so I think it was really cool to see that, especially from the clones uh, perspective, because they are the new empire now. Uh, and so going back to Camino and kind of seeing all of that was, was really cool. Um, I loved the uh, the combat uh, situation scene on on Camino. That was really cool. Just everything about this first episode, it set up the show perfectly. I think. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. The like combat simulation was really interesting again because you just see how much Tarkin already hates them, and he's like, "I want to see these people fail. Like, I can't wait to see these people fail." And like. Also, there's almost this sense that like in a lot of the shows before, you don't really see the characters individually fail that quickly, but even during the simulation, like Wrecker gets shot, Tech gets thrown off, like people get hurt and mm -hmm. like they have to deal with that. So it almost humanized them even from the beginning, like no one is safe. And clearly we've learned that like as we've gone on, but they aren't invincible. They're still mm -hmm. clones. Like bad things are going to happen. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I just kept thinking about during that scene. Because I was like, the fact that this is just like a training simulation and they're getting knocked down left and right. I was like, this is, this is going to be good. <laughs> mm -hmm. In that first episode too, we get introduced to Omega, um, which we're going to, we'll get into to her character a little bit later, but uh, Omega is precious. And I'm worried that something bad's going to happen to her. And if that does, uh, I don't think I'll ever forgive Dave Filoni. I don't think the fandom will forgive Dave no. Filoni. There, Everyone the, is up in arms about it. There are a lot of Omega haters, though, out there. My, I have a friend that, that I have a friend in real life that can't stand Omega. Uh, he was actually my friend I did my old Star Wars podcast with. So I told him the other day, I was like, you know, it's a good thing we don't do the podcast anymore because it would just be me and you yelling at each other about Omega. Arguing about Omega. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Omega. I don't know. I don't I can't understand the hate. I don't get the hate. I don't get it at all. I, I'll admit I went in, um, I always get a little bit concerned when they introduce like child characters with like a more, it's not even like it's adult because it's the Clone Wars. It's still a children's TV show, but I'm like, oh, they're throwing a child into a war scenario. It's going to be like boring. They're going to be annoying, blah, blah, blah. She said, hi, I'm Omega. And I was in love. Oh, I absolutely do not like those characters. And mm. I love her so much because she's also like, as much as she can be a little bit like, I want to help, I want to help, she can. Like, she mm -hmm. has the capability. So I feel like because she can also, like, hold her own a little bit, that makes me like her even more. Because I'm like, oh, it's not just this random child, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get a little bit more into Omega uh, in a little bit. Do you have any final thoughts about this first episode? Uh, no, just great episode. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> so good. Yes. Then we go to uh, episode two. We go back to Saluka Mine and run into a familiar face there with Cutler Quain. Uh, as, as soon as they said sector like C7 at the end of the first episode, I was like, oh, that's Saluka Mine. We're going to see yep. we're gonna see Cut again. And the episode was called Cut and Run. So I'm like, mm -hmm. we're definitely going to see Cut again. Uh, it was really cool to see, see them again. Um, and that second episode, what I really liked about that episode was we really get to see how the Empire is quickly kind of changing things in the galaxy. 
obviously they got the checkpoint set up with the chain codes. They're giving mm-hmm. all the all the civilians chain codes. And it's like they're really wasting no time setting up their new empire. Yes. Agreed. I think that that like it was almost like a refugee type situation where it's like people are like, like, I need a chain code. I need to get out of here, like trying to pay people off just to like leave to get away from this. And it they took no time because and that's a fast forward to episode three. But the way that they like celebrate, oh, the war is over, but they don't realize what's coming after the war. And like, I understood why Hunter was like, you should take Omega. Like, I don't want to like put her through this. But it was also so nice to see like her with other children. And I can see why he had that kind of hesitation of like, I don't, I can't take care of this child. Like she should be with other children. But then of course, relentless, she's like, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And I think that that episode like was a very good introduction as to the dynamic of how everyone was going to work within the batch after the loss of Crosshair. Because even in the beginning, they get right to talking about like, uh, she knocks his thing over looking for the, uh, no, that's the third episode. Never mind. That's, a, that's <laughs> never mind. That's when they talk about missing crosshair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but I really like the second episode. Um, another thing too, a super small detail that I picked up on was the, the clone troopers voice. Uh, it sounded more like stormtroopers when they talked through their helmets, it was a little bit more distorted and had that, that stormtrooper kind of vibe, I guess, which I really like to see. Yes. Um, so moving on to episode three, uh, I think at the time it was probably my favorite episode uh, of those first three. Um, maybe, maybe it was tied for the first episode, but Crosshair in this episode, you just get to see how his, his chip has completely taken him over and how that when, you know, the Empire enhanced his chip, they, they turned him into their, uh, the villain, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I liked it. I obviously didn't like seeing Crosshair be the villain, but I think it makes a really cool story and makes yeah. him a really cool character. Mm-hmm. I think the, I was like, oh, I loved seeing Imperial Crosshair because the concept is so cool. When the people are just standing there and he's like, oh, well, we have orders. I was like, oh, he's like full in, no breaks. Like he's all about it. But again, I'm I'm excited about that dimension of his character. And I'm really like curious to see what's going to happen and that they really wasted no time saying okay well the chip is working and he's ruthless so mm-hmm. it kind of makes you like oh take a step back like oh man they, this is not going to be pretty between because at that point we didn't know when they would see each other again it's like i'm curious to see what happens when they see each other again and yeah ruthless is is the best way to put it because he he literally straight up just slaughters some some this uh people who surrendered and then kills one of his own own men for questioning orders it's like dang he is not playing around the empire has really got control over him um yeah. and then what what happened with the uh the rest of the batch this episode they crash landed on that on that planet right and then that's where uh omega had to go through like the cave to find hunter yes. was that what happened yes yeah. and i actually love that part because i know a lot of people in the second episode were drawing i see a lot of comparisons between omega and ray personally um the way she saw the dirt people were comparing it to how ray saw all the green for the first time in the galaxy this episode did the same thing for me when she sees the uh the dra- the moon dragon with like the capacitor and she it's like feasting on the energy instead of shooting it she just like calm 
similarly mm -hmm. to the way that Ray is with other like creatures in the sequel trilogy. And I was like, it's really nice to see like she's almost this soft touch that's like curbing the rest of the very rugged nature of the Bad Batch. And she's like, it almost shows the whole like violence doesn't always have to be the way it has to go because she was able to do that, complete the mission and bring it back without being hurt otherwise, except Hunter, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really liked the third episode. I thought it was it was good. It really showed Crosshair's kind of new character. Um, and it was a fun little side quest for the Bad Batch, I thought. Mm -hmm. So moving on to episode four, this begins our five-week stint with no Crosshair because uh, we don't see him again until episode eight. That was a long time to Too wait long. for Crosshair content. I was starving yeah. by the end of it. Um, but we get a familiar face uh, in episode four with Fennec Shand. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, not my favorite episode of the season, but I did appreciate uh, kind of seeing Fennec. Um, and they mentioned in the episode too that this was kind of like, you know, she's new to the, new to the bounty hunting scene, which is cool because she obviously is effective at it. Uh, and thinking about how she's new at it just goes to show how good of a bounty hunter she is. Mm -hmm. um, what were your thoughts on this episode? I loved the whole little joke about Echo being a droid yes. and him like trading him in for yes. that and just like him being like, I'm worth more than that, like asking for more credits. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I, it wasn't my favorite, but it was it was an episode that was enjoyable to watch in the moment as it came out. Looking back, it feels a little bit more like a filler, which is mm -hmm. natural. Like that's going to happen. You can't have nonstop action every week. I really like Fennec in The Mandalorian, so I was very excited to see her. and also that her interaction with Omega after taking her leads me into some other thoughts I have for the future of her character in the show. So I was happy to have this kind of Fennec-centric almost episode, but yeah, it was nice to see her bring the familiar face back, see that this is just the beginning of her career where we've only seen her technically at the end of her career. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a very cool introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, thing I forgot to mention about the third episode, that is when Wrecker hits his head. And that's right. the beginning of, of the weekly Wrecker headaches. Yes. That they were just building up to, uh, to something that we get to see later on. Uh, and he gets his head smashed again this episode by Fennec. And, you know, I remember everybody was going crazy. It's like, oh, no, Wrecker's chip is going to activate because he keeps yep. hitting his head. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought this episode was enjoyable. Uh, definitely not my favorite. A little bit more filler. But like you said, not every episode can be super action-packed that progresses the story like crazy and you know people are complaining about that too because i think episode five is more of the same with with kind of the filler uh episode but you know that's what the clone wars was like that's what rebels was like it's like yeah. that's just how it is you're not going to have a super action-packed uh story especially when the season is 16 episodes long exactly like you're getting more like if the show was was shorter episodes or no longer episodes but a shorter number of them then yeah maybe um, but considering it's, it's, you know, they're 30 minutes each and it's 16 episodes, like, yeah, not every episode is going to be super crazy with exactly. story progression. Yeah. Um, so that kind of brings us into episode five. Um, I liked seeing Wrecker fight the Rancor in this Me too. Episode. That was, that was really funny. He just squares up with a Rancor. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked episode five. I think that might be strangely, I don't know, I don't know why, because it definitely is a little bit more of a filler, but I really like that episode like a lot. I love that uh, that's when Omega gets her bow at the mm -hmm. end. And I was like, oh yes. Like, cause we had all seen the pictures and stuff of her with the bow and we're like, when's she gonna get it? It was cool to see how she got it. Also 
gave her a little bit of uh, agency this episode again, because typically the Bad Batch gets captured and she has to save them. And I thought Wrecker fighting was like the funniest thing. Definitely kind of a feel good episode almost, mm-hmm. um, almost as though they're giving us these nice little ones first and then they kind of slowly go downhill. Yeah. But it was it was a fun episode, definitely. And I guess, is that when we meet Sid? Yes. The beginning? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sid is, yeah, Sid is Sid. <laughs> Sid is Sid. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't a bad episode by any means. It's just a little slower, uh, kind of filler. I don't like saying filler, though. Just because you never know. know where if any of that stuff is going to show up again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, definitely a little bit on the slower side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about that episode. You know, yeah. it, it was what it was. And uh, so moving on to episode six, got some uh, familiar faces returning this episode mm-hmm. that I don't think anybody was expecting to see again. No. The, uh, the Martez sisters. Uh, which we, I think we both know how they're perceived in the Star Wars fandom. So there was definitely kind of a, a big mixed opinion yeah. uh, to their return. But I like this episode. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was cool. This is when we kind of get Wrecker's first uh, glimpse of, you know, he starts to say, "Good soldiers follow orders," and you're like, "Oh no!" But then he's able to snap himself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was a good episode. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely, I don't understand why people hate the Martez sisters with so much passion. Like, they're not my favorite. I don't get why people were, like, upset about it. I didn't see an issue with it. I thought it was kind of an interesting way to bring a character back, that characters back, who we didn't expect. I was like, oh, this is a nice little surprise. I also liked kind of how they functioned in the episode, because the end, Hunter this whole time up until this point is like, I don't really know what to do with my batch. Like, I don't know what to do with my team. I don't know if we're supposed to just go settle somewhere. Like, are we supposed to just keep running these jobs? And this is the first time he kind of has that like moral question presented to him by them at the end. They're like, we need this information for like a good reason. And he's like, well, technically I only need it for money. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they, the whole batch definitely agreed because Tech's the one who copied it onto a drive to give to them. Um, it was nice to see that they are kind of coming to this, like, uh, maybe we have to have like more of a bigger purpose in all of this. And I thought that that was a cool way to use them to bring that kind of realization about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely the, the, the ending, I think was the most interesting part of this episode when you kind of get to see the, uh, you know, how they've kind of changed, I guess, in their, in their, um, beliefs and everything. Um, plus, this episode gave us the the echo joke, which was flawless. Yes. <laughs> um, it was interesting, too, because at the beginning of the episode, when they said they were going to Corellia, my thoughts were, oh, my gosh, we're going to see either young Han and Kira or or somebody that we've seen in Solo. Uh, so I was a little I was a little surprised that we didn't. They we, they take us to the Corellia where we're kind of expecting to see somebody and then we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, but it is what it is. Um, and then we get the hologram at the end of the episode where I remember everybody was going crazy with, oh my gosh, who was it? Is it Ahsoka? Is it Bail Organa? Is it, is it Maul? Some people thought it was Maul. Um, I personally, I thought it was Rex because yeah. that would make the most sense because the Martez sisters had R7 and we see R7 at the end of the Clone Wars with Rex. So it would have made sense for Rex to give them uh, R7. Um, plus we knew Rex was coming anyway in the trailer. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it's always funny to see everybody go crazy about their speculations and theories oh, yeah. about stuff like that. 
that was like for the most recent episode. Was it the most recent one or episode seven? One of them, people were going crazy about who was going to show up. And mm-hmm. it was it was the last one because we weren't expecting yeah. who showed up to show up. Oh, yeah. But it is always funny seeing who people are pulling for, who people are rooting for to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but episode six, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. You got any last thoughts? No, totally agree. Mm-hmm. That was a great episode. Yeah. Then we go into episode seven when yeah. stuff really starts to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get we get Rex back, which we already kind of talked about his entrance. Um, and then they're off to Braca to uh, what was the reason they went to Braca to get the chips out in the medical? I believe so. Yeah, because he's like there's an old uh, Jedi cruiser, the like one that was similar to that that I got mine taken mm-hmm. out on. So we should go there to get yeah. yours taken out. Mm-hmm. So we go to Braca. Uh, and you know, they, they, they're going to get the chips out, but then, uh, those like four weeks of Wrecker's headaches finally catch up to him and, uh, his chip activates and Wrecker when his chip is active is absolutely horrifying. Oh my God. Yeah. Because you, you're used to seeing him be like the fun uncle type. Like he's, he's really fun. As soon as his chip activates, he's stone cold. He's horrifying. He's a completely different person. Um, and I think if the, anybody's chip of the batch was going to acti- activate, I'm glad it was Wrecker because he would be the most scary, the most horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, uh, I only wish that sequence lasted a little bit longer, uh, to see, uh, Wrecker with his chip active, but yeah, your thoughts. Yeah. I, the first thing that I had a little bit of a, I wish Rex and Echo had a little more of a, like, yeah, Aw, no. like, mm-hmm. Hey buddy, like been a while because he was sad when he left and like all that that was a very minor thing i agree that i wish the record sequence lasted a little bit longer i would have liked to see more of him fighting against the other bad batch members i understood why it was important obviously to have him like chase omega down but it would have to extend it a little bit it would have been nice to see like maybe tech come to and like him start to fight him and then hunter and everyone come and fight him instead it was just a lot of dark hallways, people hiding, people running away. Mm. So that would have been nice, but I agree out of everyone to get their chip activated too. He's like, his brute strength is something you can't fight against. Like that is his elevated like trait. So Mm. it was scary to see Wrecker's chip activate. And like the fact that he was seconds away from literally shooting Omega, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, like this is, it was was real. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. uh, it was such a cool scene and uh, like we've been waiting for that because they were building it up for for mm-hmm. weeks and uh, yeah it was it was such a impactful scene uh, then they get their trips out which is which is all good and, and dandy and everything uh, and then I'm trying to think of anything else major happens that episode I don't think so uh, Rex is talking to somebody uh, on his on his com link at the end of the episode yes. um, do you have any predictions or theories of who that is i've seen some of the i i haven't taken one in full stride honestly because again i'm kind of just trying to sit and like absorb it week by week i don't know i don't really have much of an idea of who it could be um i'm excited to see who it's gonna be Mm -hmm. obviously but do you have any predictions um while I was watching the episode, I was like, that, e- that either has to be Commander Wolf or Gregor because that's who we know Rex is with he during Rebels. With, but yeah. it, I was thinking about it. I'm like, that wouldn't make much sense because I don't think Wolf or Gregor, you know, they're probably got their own thing going on with their mm-hmm. chips. And I don't think they would be in contact with Rex. Um, 
So we were on Ari's podcast the other day, and uh, the consensus was that it could be Saw Gerrera because we do know that Rex knows who Saw Gerrera is, and and kind of we see Rex obviously um, become part of the rebellion. So it would kind of make sense to have that that link between those two. Uh, plus, we've already seen Saw in the Bad Batch, so we know it, it could be very possible. So I think yeah. Saw Gerrera would make the most sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a pretty plausible one. Again, they are they don't just introduce characters to introduce them. They mm-hmm. like use them for a reason. So I definitely could see how that would be him coming back the way they introduced him in the beginning and how he kind of explained to the Bad Batch what happened. Like, like uh, when they're talking about, oh, it was the emperor. No, he's like, you guys aren't getting it. So I, I think it could be him. That's a pretty plausible theory. I, I get that one. Yeah. Um, and then... At the, I don't think that's the last we're going to see of Rex in the Bad Batch, um, mm-hmm. because uh, especially the hunter said to him, uh, if you ever find yourself in a bind, you know where to find us or something like that. And that's a line you wouldn't put in a show unless it was going to have some importance later. Like that's like yes. a Chekhov's gun thing, yeah. uh, where if you call attention to something, it needs to have relevance later on. Uh, so I definitely think we're going to see Rex again. Plus, mm-hmm. I, uh, I talked about this on, on Ari's podcast, the new Black Series Rex that just came out. Uh, with the poncho it has his helmet visor attachment on his helmet which why would they put that on the figure if it wasn't going to be in the show but then yet mm-hmm. again it's it's hasbro and it's ha- hasbro derogatory yes hasbro <laughs> derogatory <laughs> um yeah i'm sure we all know my feelings about that company so i wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was just a mistake because they don't know what they're doing fair um <laughs> so then we go into episode eight hands down my favorite episode so far um yeah crosshair crosshair is back and he's ruthless as ever mm-hmm. uh, hunting down the bad batch once they get them cornered in the uh in the cannon room he literally straight up says like aim for the kid oh and you just you just see how ruthless i keep using the word ruthless but i can't think of it's the word. best word for him yeah um and just how how far gone he is i guess um yeah what are your thoughts on kind of the first part of this of this episode yeah i i was not expecting him to say that uh, i feel like i should have because of the way he treated the civilians before but again everyone knows like there's still a little bit of crosshair in there obviously there's always a little bit of them even with the chip he knew that taking her out would hurt hunter the most and out of all of them hunter has shown not the most remorse, but anger at himself for letting him go. Because in the one episode when Omega's like, oh, well, Crosshair doesn't mean to be doing what he's doing. Like, you can't be mad at him. Hunter's like, I'm mad at myself, like, for leaving one of my brothers behind. And everyone else kind of just tiptoes around the the Crosshair subject. They don't really like to talk about it. And it was also interesting to see this episode almost seemed like everyone's um, enhancements weren't working. Hunter did not manage to sense like a single thing during that episode. Crosshair missed shooting Tech, which he obviously would have not missed. Tech also, even though he blocks the scanners and everything, pretty dumb of him to not assume that Crosshair was going to know that that's what he was doing. It was almost like everyone was just kind of crumbling. Like their things weren't working. Something wasn't clicking for them. And I actually really liked that. I was like, it makes sense to show 
that all of them have a little bit something off instead of just crosshair missing because that's like oh he's just missing because of them but no like everyone was a little bit off almost i really like that scene when crosshair gets off his ship and they're the one of the clones was like or I forgot who it was, if it was a elite trooper or a clone was like, oh, the their our scans are blocked or whatever. And he just goes, No, it's it's the they're jamming your signals. Which I think that just goes to show that the biggest threat to the bad batch is crosshair because yep. he was one of them. And there's there's you don't the biggest um I guess the thing to be scared the most about about your enemy is if they know you. You know, there's not a bigger threat to you that somebody who knows you. Yeah. Um and, and having crosshair be that threat is is it's not good for the batch it's not good for the batch Mm-mm. so then you know the escape sequence happens uh where they they shoot down the the ceiling or whatever and they kind of get away and then crosshair repositions himself to get that shot off uh when they're coming out of the engine uh and then he obviously misses that shot on tech but we're going to get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later uh and then you know they uh he's like oh turn on the engines we'll just fry them up while they're in there um backfires for him and that makes me sad so you know obviously the batch rig the thing with explosives drop it down so that they can get out but then that that heat from that uh engine burns crosshair like a chicken nugget yep he fried crosshair whatever you want to call them yep uh i feel so bad Uh, my my poor boy my poor crosshair. i know it's absolutely burnt yeah, he's already suffering enough, and they really just like were like, well, now he's just going to be completely burned on his body and face. So yep. that's just another hit for him to take. Yep. And they got him wrapped up like Dengar and got him <clears> on the breathing thing. Um, now, the question is, is he going to have to have any surgery, I guess, or like enhancements to his face? Uh, oh, my gosh. We were on Ari's podcast. We were talking about what if he becomes like more machine than man, kind of like Grievous or Vader? Or uh, we got super into it, the dark troopers that we see in the Mandalorian, because oh. they, they say that, you know, because the dark troopers started out as people just in suits. Um, oh and like the last weakness for the dark troopers was the person inside the suit. What if Crosshair is like the first dark trooper? What if he oh gets my God. to that point where he's like the origin of the dark trooper? I hated thinking about that. I hated it. I wish I could have gone the rest of my life without thinking about without that. Without that information. Yeah. Oh God, that's so much. It's oh my God. Crazy. Um well, and I that would be quite the event. Oh yeah. I I hope I mean that would probably make a cool story for sure, but I hope it doesn't come true. No, I don't I'm see holding that. out hope. And no. I know that's yeah, it's it's naive to hold out hope at this point, but I'm still holding out hope. Mm-hmm. So crosshair, he's not in a good spot at the moment um hopefully it's not too bad but i'm preparing for the worst mm-hmm. um so then that leaves us to the end of the episode <sighs> yeah um yeah. was not expecting to see cad bane again uh so hunter and omega make it back to the ship and a bunch of clones are dead and you're like who who could have done this and then you hear the voice and you're like oh my gosh it's cad bane oh. um and then they start, then, then they square up and yep. like they're about to duel and you know it's not going to go well for Hunter. No. Which in, in a way though, like as I was watching this episode in real time, I was like, okay, in any, if it was any other person across from Cad Bane, it's obviously going to be a you know, no contest. Like Cad, mm-hmm. you're not going to beat Cad Bane in a duel. Absolutely. But, but as I was watching, I was, think, I was thinking, well, Hunter has enhanced senses. 
So in a way that might be able to help him, it didn't. Not uh, at it all. Didn't. Not even close. Nope. Not even close. Um, but I loved, I loved the music when the when the camera panned up to Cad Bane. It was just Western. It was it was perfect. It was uh, so Cad Bane. It was, <laughs> it was it was perfect. You couldn't have put better music in there, uh, yeah. unless you put in the theme from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. I've seen a couple <laughs> edits of that, and it's just yeah. uh, it works perfectly. That's um, the only way it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, your thoughts on Cad Bane coming yeah, back? Yeah, I well, so I watched the show with my mom, and my mom has she's seen the Clone Wars, but it's very hit or miss. She's like, she immediately is just like, "Who's that?" I was like, "Mom, I'm having a moment." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I need to appreciate this." I was taken aback. I did not think he was going to be in this show at all. I knew something bad was going to happen. I was like, "They're not going to bring him in." Hunter and Omega aren't both going to get away. Like something's yeah. going to happen. She said the same thing when we were watching it. She started like making the little sound effects. She was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I was like, mom, this is too serious <laughs> for this right now. Like, I can't do this. But when he shot Hunter, I thought Hunter was dead. Oh, I went too. through the seven stages of grief. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I wasn't surprised. I was like, I wouldn't be shocked if Dave was just like, yeah, Hunter's gone and they take Omega. However, him living, I was like, okay, Hunter's back. One of my favorite parts of the episode was seeing through his helmet. Yes. I thought that that point of view with like the muffled voices and like sure, the memes that came out of it were very funny. Yes. <laughs> actually in the episode, that was one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. I loved that because then it's also like he's barely coming to Omega thinks he's dead. Oh, it's, it's, I'm very pumped for this week's episode. I, when, when Hunter got shot and like usually when a character gets shot and they're still alive, you'll see him like twitch or move around. Like, he yeah. was stone cold out. still. He was out. And I was like, so that happened. And I'm like, they wouldn't kill off the main character halfway through the season, right? Right, <laughs> Dave? Hello? Um, and so I was like, oh, my God, did Hunter just die? And yeah, like you said, Omega thinks Hunter is dead because she got Ugh. stunned right after. That's not cool. Um, no. But yeah, the the helmet POV, uh, what's really cool about that, I think it's the exact same if not very similar heads up display to republic commando mm-hmm. um with the clone commando troopers so that's just a really cool attention to detail thing and yeah the memes that came out of that one wake up grommet uh we've got to hide the body there's no, <laughs> there's no thing crack us in prison grommet oh that was so funny that's all i could think of after i was like someone's going to put that audio to this mm-hmm. and i was not disappointed when there I was saw it. there was another one it was audio from call of duty it's like on your feet soldier oh we are leaving oh my god yeah it's, people uh, really run with that yeah and people ran with cad bane like people were complaining about cad bane's hat got smaller yeah um, I admit, I was a little sad not to see the oversized hat, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And what everyone's happens? saying that Cad Bane is, is Dave Filoni's self-insert Insert OC, OC character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it is. He is. He is. Like, 100%. Uh, yeah, what happened to his oversized hat? Did he? Because it's got the same, like, markings on the top part of it, right? Did he shrink yeah. it in the dryer or something? Or? <laughs> Literally. I, I don't know. Um, no, yeah. But yeah, so then Hunter gets back on the ship, and he's like, they took, or he took Omega. And you see the the worry and the fear in his eyes yeah in that moment too another thing is i'm shocked that he actually survived that because we've oh, seen yeah. we've seen clones get shot in the chest before you know fives and, and oh. thorn and yeah you know several others that that don't live the only other clone we've seen that gets shot 
uh, there that survives is Rex, but I think he got hit in the, like the shoulder area. But I think so. That yeah, was he was like, shot right in the chest, dead center. Like Cad yeah. Bane, perfect accuracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was a, I was a little surprised he survived, to be honest. Um, but it was really cool to see that duel uh, used again because that was uh, like the unfinished episode of the Clone Wars between Boba and Cad, and that's yeah. how we find out how Boba gets the dent in his helmet. Uh, and it was almost shot for shot, the same exact um, duel, which is really cool. I actually did a comparison video on TikTok where I put both clips um, oh, cool. on top of I'll each other. I'll check it out. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really cool to see. Yeah. But no, episode eight, uh, the latest episode, by far my favorite, hands down, yeah. even though it hurt me emotionally with the crosshair stuff. And then Absolutely. Omega thinking Hunter is dead and and everything. Yep. So that leads us to, I want to get into some character talk and kind of thinking more about uh, the characters, starting with Omega, the, n- the new character of the show, um, created by the Kaminoans. And we know that the Kaminoans don't create without a purpose. So Omega's purpose, there's definitely a purpose there. It's just a matter of what it is. Mm-hmm. Or does she have an enhanced ability? We see her pick up on things really quick. Like she can watch somebody do something and then, and then do it right after. Um, so a lot of people think that's her um, ability. There's some Force-sensitive uh, theories going around there. Do you have any predictions or thoughts? I definitely couldn't tell you for sure, but I do think one of the elements of her enhanced ability is some sort of like being able to read a person because she does it with multiple characters. She does it with Rex. She knows exactly what kind of clone he is. She knows that Sid is Sid when no one else picks up on it. Mm -hmm. And she knows before Crosshair's chip activates, like, I know what you're going to do. It's not you. Mm -hmm. That has to be some sort of like, almost like a truth. Like she knows the truth about people. I don't know how that really manifests into an enhanced ability, but it's interesting because when I was thinking about that, I'm like, but how does that add up with her being a medical assistant? Yeah. Like that doesn't really, I didn't, that doesn't connect for me. So it's kind of just a loose theory that I have mm-hmm. going on. But yeah, I, I'm, I don't really want her to be force sensitive. Yeah, I'm no, going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't. Cause like yeah. give us one show without force sensitive people. Like mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't need them in every show. This is going great without it. So I would like it say that way there have been a lot of comparisons to the bad batch to the mandalorian mm-hmm. um and if they turned oh yeah omega to be force sensitive that would just be insane like it would be the same thing um yeah. I, yeah i'm i'm kind of in the same camp where i don't want her to be force sensitive yeah um but definitely a uh, a likable character mm-hmm. i don't trust people who don't like omega um and you know it's going to be interesting to see kind of how her story progresses uh mm-hmm. the second half of the season Moving on to Hunter, uh, the the latest space dad. Yes. Uh, full dad mode, like super protective of Omega. We love to see it. We love our space dads. Um, thoughts on Hunter? I love Hunter. I, I really, I did one of those videos. I haven't posted it yet um, of like ranking the Bad Batch members. It's really hard for me to even rank them because I love all of them so much, mm-hmm. like for very individual reasons. Hunter's like just natural paternal instinct, like just protecting Omega with his life. Cutest thing. I'm never going to get, I'll never be over the like dad who just happens to stumble into fatherhood trope in Star Wars. I think it's great. It works Mm -hmm. every time they use it. I also, like I mentioned earlier about him being mad at himself about crosshair. 
that kind of shows that it's not even just Omega. It's just him in general, how he has this like natural instinct to just care like so much about the people around him. Even if he comes off as this very like rough and tumble, like, like kind of scary guy. Like the first time we see him in the Clone Wars, he's like, oh, he has knives. Like he's, he's the like bad boy, but he's really not. And I think that that's kind of a funny way that he's almost changed a little bit for me. Yeah, uh, definitely. I've, uh, I definitely like Hunter more in the Bad Batch than I did in season seven of the Clone Wars, okay. which I could probably say the same for all of them, to be yeah, honest. Me too. <laughs> uh, moving on, you're, uh, we're going to go to Wrecker. Uh, if there's anybody I liked more in the Bad Batch than I did in the Clone Wars arc, it's Wrecker. Uh, because to me in the Clone Wars, he was just kind of the, uh, the big child almost. There wasn't really a lot to him, but now he's the fun uncle. Yes. And his relationship with Omega is just precious. All the moments that they share. Uh, my favorite is probably from this last episode with the bomb, with their mm-hmm. defusing the bomb. And he's like, you better do it before we blow up. We're both, we're like, you got four seconds till we're all goners or something like that. He's like, oh no, run. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, I, I love that moment so much. And just how he, he, he is, and just, he's got the biggest heart. He really does. Um, and he's absolutely horrifying when he's not himself. Yeah. He definitely had one of the biggest like character glow-ups almost from the Clone Wars. In the Clone Wars, he was the bumbly, like only saying, I want to blow something up. No, this is a stealth mission. Like even Anakin saying like, no, we're not blowing anything up. It was just very like, he felt like he was only comic relief. Like that was the only purpose it felt like he had. Now it's almost like because of the inclusion of Omega, he has like another character that it works with because when it's just him and all these very serious other clones, it's just kind of goofy. But now it works so well. And his relationship with her is amazing. One of my favorite things. I even love like, he didn't even know how to do it in the beginning. Like when they're out of rations and she offers him the ration and Hunter's like, don't take it from her. Like that's her only food. She doesn't even have a bed. And he was like, Oh, like, I don't really know how to do this kid thing. Fast forward to now, he's like having the best time of his life with her. Mm-hmm. Oh. And how he, he makes her her own room in the show. Oh my God, that was how the they, cutest thing. How they go and get the Mantel mix after every mission. It's so very precious. They're precious. They uh, are. And I have a feeling something bad is going to happen. I know. <laughs> I'm just pre- preparing for this show to just rip my heart out. I guess yeah. I'm preparing for the worst. Yeah, honestly. Moving on, I'm just going to let you take this away. It's your man, Tech. (laughs) I love Tech. I loved Tech from the beginning. I love the way, there's very specific things. I think just now that I've rewatched it a couple times, I pay like closer attention to little bits of each of their characters. Tech is the token nerd, but also just socially unaware character, (laughs) like, He's blunt. He's just very, he's the type of like dry humor that I just think is so funny. Like even when he goes up and he's like, tells the lady, is that enough? Like he hands her the like money. Like, is that sufficient? Like the way he talks, everything about him, I just think is so funny. I also love that he gets humbled in almost every single episode where he has like his brilliant moment, but then doesn't think through one thing and something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that that's very funny and it's very fresh. Um, the other thing about him that I really like is his connection with Echo. I think that him and Echo have a very good friendship because it's almost as though he's projecting crosshair onto Echo because I kind of got that vibe from Clone Wars season seven that 
tech and uh, Crosshair were like, they were kind of a little friendship within mm -hmm. the group. And I think with the loss of him, because he's the one who's made several comments about him since he's been gone. And like, even when he was still there, when he goes through like, oh, we're all enhanced, but well, I can't be certain that the chips are, aren't working in all of us. And then when he leaves, he always like stutters when he's brought up. So I think that the tech and crosshair kind of friendship is something that is. Okay, uh, back to Jack who technical difficulties, uh, I lost power. So that's, uh, we had to do a little editing here, uh, a bit of a weird cut, uh, but it's funny because uh, the first episode of Back to Jack Who I did, I lost power halfway through it. And then the second episode, I also lost power halfway through it. So there hasn't been an episode of Back to Jack Who that I haven't lost power in. So maybe it's a curse. I don't know. Uh, but we were talking about tech. So Anna, were there any other thoughts about tech you wanted to to add? I think I, I, think I talked a lot about him. I guess my, my last note is that I'm, I'm a little worried that nothing bad has happened to him yet. Um, it seems like everyone else has had a little bit of something bad happen to them and nothing bad has really happened to him. So that makes me a little nervous because I'm like, no way he gets out of this scot-free. No way anyone gets out of this scot-free. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. See, I really like tech, but then as soon as like the first couple episodes of The Bad Batch aired, like, I guess the thing that knocked him down on my list a little bit was that he seems like he he's kind of like the know-it-all that expects oh, yeah. everybody else to know it all. And it kind of, you know, is like, oh, you guys didn't know this. Well, of course, you know, you should have known this. Uh, he's a little, he's a little snarky in a way, oh, I guess, yeah. or, or a little, uh, I don't want to say full of himself, but almost full of himself. Yeah. As, you know? as someone who is a tech stan, he's arrogant as heck. And like, yeah. there's a little bit, I think that they actually do that a little bit too much with each of the characters. Wrecker sometimes can be a little too like goofy or like, himbo basically and then tech can be a little too like there's been multiple times where it's like why didn't you tell us that and he's like oh i thought you knew like you don't have to do that every time but <laughs> i get that i definitely get yeah. that yeah it's like oh you guys didn't know uh chancellor palpatine was lord sidious like i thought yeah. it was obvious <laughs> yeah, i thought it was obvious yeah how the clone wars would have been different if tech was around exactly uh, okay, moving on. Who do we got next? We got Crosshair. My man, Crosshair. I have a lot of thoughts on him, but I'll let you take it away. I'll, all right, I'll, I'll do a little mini. I like Crosshair a lot. Like I said, he's probably my second favorite Bad Batch member. Um, definitely, mostly because, I, again, I like that kind of struggle between a character who's gone bad, has the potential to still be good, I may be naive in wanting a redemption arc, but I definitely want one. Um, I hope he gets it. I hope they don't do the Ben Solo treatment. I hope yeah. they don't just kill him right after he does something good. Uh, that's, yeah, I'll let you, I know this is your favorite character, yeah. so you go ahead. Well, talking about redemption is, is I, I do hope he gets redeemed too, but like you said, I don't want the Ben Solo treatment because we haven't had a, a Star Wars villain get redeemed and actually have to live with what, you know, their, the consequences. Yep. Uh, they just always just die right afterward. Um, but yeah, no, Crosshair's redemption is something I really want to see. And in before episode eight, I could have guaranteed you that it was going to happen. But after this latest episode, I'm kind of doubting that. I'm doubting myself. I don't know if we're going to get a crosshair redemption uh, with his injuries and whatever the, they're going to do to him and the his actions so far. It's kind of like he's almost too far gone. Um, but obviously, he's not in control of what he's doing. And 
And that's just kind of heartbreaking, I think. And another thing too, is that we see with Wrecker when his chip is active and you know he tries to kill everybody, as soon as they pull his chip out and he wakes up, he apologizes to Omega because he knows what he did. That means he was aware of what he was doing and he was you know conscious about it. That means Crosshair knows what he's doing. Yeah. Crosshair is, is, is aware of, of that he's the bad guy, but he can't control it, obviously, because of the chip. That's just heartbreaking because obviously he doesn't want that. He doesn't want, these are his friends. These are his, his, his brothers, literally. And, and he's, he's turning on them without, a, it's not his free will. He doesn't have a choice. But what's interesting about Crosshair, though, is we talked about earlier, Crosshair doesn't miss. We've never seen Crosshair miss a shot before, I don't believe. First time we do see him miss is when he's shooting at Kanan. And that, to me, says that there's a little bit of Crosshair still in there. Like, he's able to resist um, his, his, his chip because we know that clones are capable of doing that because we see it with Rex in the Clone Wars where he warns Ahsoka and tells her to find fives before he starts shooting at her. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there's still a little bit of Crosshair in there. And that he's he's able to resist because if he was full um, taken over by his ship, he would have he would have hit Kanan, he would have hit Tech, yeah, because uh, he doesn't miss his shots, and that's just that's just sad to think that he's he's aware of what he's doing, but he can't help it, he can't control it, um, and so going kind of going back to redemption, I guess. Um, what that would look like for Crosshair, I would have told you that oh, you know, by the end of the season, Crosshair would get his chip out and. Uh, you know, uh, he'd probably end up sacrificing himself to save the batch or to save Omega or somebody. Um, but, but now I don't know if he's going to get redeemed. Like I'm really worried about it. Um, just because, you know, he's, he's so far gone and his injuries and, you know, it's just not looking good too. Another thing about Crosshair that, uh, really bothered me, uh, about this last episode was that, the way I saw the season playing out was, okay, the Bad Batch would find Rex. Rex would tell them about their inhibitor chips. They would remove their inhibitor chips, which we got that. We got that part. Yeah. And then I would feel like they would be like, okay, we have to go get Crosshair now and get Crosshair's chip out of them so he can come back and join us. This last episode, they didn't care about Crosshair at all. They, I think Hunter said, like, I think Hunter said to him, it's like, you're not in control of what you were doing. Uh, but that was the extent of them kind of trying to connect with Crosshair and get to him, get through to him. And it's like, this is your, this is your squad mate. This is your brother. And you know that he's not in control of his actions and that he has no choice. Why are you not trying to help him? Why are you not going to try and get him back and get his chip out of him? They just completely disregarded him in this episode. They just kind of saw him as the enemy, I thought. And that really bothered me. As 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 a big crosshair fan, I did not like that at yeah. all. Um, but yeah, so now if crosshair does get redeemed, you know, it could it could still be the way I thought it it was going to be, or it could go in a completely different direction, or he might not get redeemed. I don't know. Um, but on your live the other day, when when you were talking about the bad batch, I think we brought up uh, that um, Omega's going to go back to Camino, right? Because Chad yep. uh, yeah. Bane's got her. If she runs in the crosshair, she's a medical assistant. Exactly. She got the chips. She knows how to get them out because she, she did it with the batch. Maybe Omega is the one that gets crosshair ship out of him. I would absolutely love if it was her too because, like you said, I kind of had the same issue with the, like, with the rest of the batch not being concerned about crosshair whatsoever. They were just kind of like, 
oh, we need to escape. And even without the chips, like there was nothing about like going back to get him. When in the beginning, there was a little more of a, oh, well, we, we should help him. But then they never really talk about it again. And then it's just, oh, Crosshair's gunning for us, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, he's still your brother. Like he, exactly. you know that he doesn't mean to be doing this. And then the other thing um, on my live that we talked about too, uh, Mags at Crosshair with two R's, I think, was saying, and I agree with her totally, that the way Wrecker talked to Crosshair in that kind of show off, like showdown, didn't love that because he was kind of like mocking and like, and it was like, you just had your chip activated and almost tried to kill all of them in the last episode. Like, since when is Wrecker the one to be like, oh, he's a bad guy now. So it was kind of like, yeah, I don't like how they're, they're treating Crosshair wrong right now. No, they're doing him dirty. Everybody's doing crosshair dirty. The Bad Batch is doing him dirty. Dave Filoni is doing him dirty with his face and his injuries. It's not a fun time to be a crosshair fan right now. Let me tell you that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. Um, So I think those are my thoughts on crosshair. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head uh, right now. We talked about him showing restraints with with Mm -hmm. him missing his shots. So moving on, uh, members outside of the Bad Batch, good old Captain Rex. Uh, we knew he was going to be in the show because we saw him in the trailer. And we've already kind of talked about um, his his trauma and almost PTSD, um, which I really like that. I loved seeing that side of his character. Um, I guess we kind of already talked about these, these bullet points I had on the outline because uh, the bullet points say showing how the events of Order 66 impacted him, uh, who was he talking to, and when will we see him again? So if you got anything else to add about Rex, then... I, I'm just, I'm happy he's here. I love yeah. Rex. I've always really liked Rex. Um, without a doubt, probably like, probably was my favorite clone before the Bad Batch. Uh, that might be the basic answer, but I don't really care. He's a great character. I'm so happy to see him back. Um, yeah, I basically already talked about, I, I wanted him to show more of a happiness about Echo, but that whole thing too is like stressing me out. So yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah so I think we covered everything about Rex. Uh, Cad Bane. I think we already talked about him too. We, uh, unless you got anything else to add about him. Well, well, not really Cad Bane, but his introduction kind of makes me and a lot of other people want Hondo. <laughs> I know yes. that that's a big thing now. Yes. Um, as soon as I saw him, I was like, okay, I love Cad Bane, but where's Hondo? I was exactly. like, I know Dave loves Hondo and I'm hoping maybe, maybe somehow Hondo can be brought into this because i think that that chaotic energy between the bad batch and hondo would also be oh amazing. it would be yes so, well yeah. i i wouldn't be surprised if you saw hondo too if they keep running jobs for sid or whatever you, know, yeah. you never know when you might run into some pirates in the galaxy and hondo would be at the center of that uh i love hondo i would love to see him again absolutely um moving on we have uh the martez sisters again i think we already uh talked about them i did i did enjoy them more in this episode than i did in season seven of the Clone Wars, yeah. uh, which was a good uh, good thing. Uh, you always want to find enjoyment out of things. So mm-hmm. that was good. Uh, do you have anything else to add about the sisters? No, I was actually like pleasantly surprised to see them, not in a bad way, just in kind of like, oh, okay. And it was interesting. Like I said, I liked how they functioned in the episode. So. Mm-hmm. And then Saw Guerrera, uh, the person who has to be in every Star Wars property there is these days, it seems like. Yep. Uh, they just keep throwing him in everything, which is, which is interesting. Um, 
I think we're going to see him again. Like I uh, mentioned earlier, I think that was probably who Rex was talking to on, on the comm link. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a pretty uh, a large role at the end of the, at the end of the show. Yeah, I think I, I feel the same. They always bring him back. And because we already know his little background from the Clone Wars, I could definitely see it being tied into just the whole rebellion. And now I'm, I'm pretty on board with that idea that that's who Rex was talking mm-hmm. about. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so moving into kind of the wrap-up uh, part of the episode, uh, predictions for the rest of the season. So what do you think is going to happen to the Bad Batch? I have struggled with this thought multiple times. Um, I Okay, because that I think that there's going to be a season two, I don't think they're going to get Rogue One. I know that that was a thing in the beginning, like they're all going to die. I doubt it. I know we talked about this the other day on my live about the possibility of a lone survivor situation. That would also be traumatizing. That might actually be worse. I think it would be worse. Yeah, having to live with the guilt of everyone else being dead would be horrible. Um, I really think that if any of them are going to die, and it's, it's, it's ironic, people are like giving reasons for why each one is going to be the one to die. Hunter, because he's the main character. He's the dad of the Bad Batch. He's the dad batch. Tech, because it's just tech. I don't know. No one's really given a good explanation for why tech would be the one to die. But mine is because nothing bad has happened to him yet. And mm-hmm. talk about that would be the ultimate bad thing to happen. Wrecker, because he'd be protecting Omega. Echo, because of the whole domino squad thing. Crosshair, because he's imperial and bad now. I'm worried that I don't, I don't think they're all going to make it. I really don't think they're no. all going to make it. And that that is that is sitting in the back of my head. I also I think as much as I love Tech, I really hope it's not Echo because I love Echo. I've grown to love him more and more, and I just yeah, that would be so sad. For me. I think it would be if if they did go with the lone survivor route and it, it was Echo as the last one. I think that would be really symbolic almost, just because of the whole Domino thing, and he would be kind of like the last Domino standing, yep. uh, the one that didn't fall. That would be heartbreaking. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, because they haven't confirmed a season two yet, it, it really makes these predictions hard because yeah. if it was one season, then I think it's pretty safe to assume that it's not going to end well, you know, that they could get Rogue One. Uh, or because there's not a season two confirmed, we don't know if there's a season two coming. So why, it wouldn't make sense for them to all die if there was going to be a season two. So they're really kind of torturing us with okay. not releasing that information. Uh, and making us go crazy with these theories and uh, speculation or anything. Uh, another thing I think they could end up joining a rebel cell somewhere just because we don't see them in rebels doesn't mean they're not out there. Uh, we know that the rebellion is kind of in the early stages, just, just these group of, of rebel cells kind of scattered about uh, who's to say that the bad batch isn't, isn't in one of those cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if we see Saw Gerrera again, that would be the connection right there. Uh, and I think that would be uh, an interesting way to go. Yeah, I would actually really like that. I think that that would be kind of that answer to Hunter being like, I don't know what's next for my squad. Like, I don't know what to do with them. And also just being a part of a rebel cell would be a bigger family again. So even if he wasn't able to be like, like it, assuming they get Omega back and all this happens, it would be an opportunity for Omega to be with like other people and like, other children maybe and stuff like that. So more of an expansion for her Mm -hmm. life as well. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything in this show that you want to see happen? 
I, other than my Rex and Cody fight that I desperately want to see happen, um, well, I don't even, this other thing that I wanted, I'm probably not even going to get now because Omega's gone. I wanted more, like, they really pushed the Wrecker and Hunter with Omega, and I really wanted to see more of, like, Tech and Echo connecting mm -hmm. with Omega. Obviously, she's gone now, so I don't really know if I'm going to get that, but that's fine. That was just, like, a little nitpicky detail thing I wanted. Um, I definitely am looking forward to and really want a discussion or just situation between Omega and Crosshair when she's back with him, assuming yeah. that's where she ends up. I'm really looking forward to that because he even like showed a little bit of comprehension when they were in the cell together in episode one of like listening to her. And so I hope that maybe that that is something we get and that leads to something good but we'll see i just now realized that we skipped somebody in the character talk and that was echo oh we didn't talk echo. about echo back, back up a little bit yeah um i love echo in the bad batch because he's like the mom of the group i think like he's so tired and so over everybody's crap and you know he just makes these like snarky remarks all the time and everything and i love it another thing about echo too is I, there was a discussion between hunter and him forget which episode it was. it was either seven or eight i think it was seven where where echo you know he's super persistent about you know joining the fight and being a soldier whereas hunter kind of sees it that like the war is over that's not who we are anymore um which i think that just goes to show how echo's got this this trooper mentality this soldier mentality and and that's you know what he thinks his purpose is that's what he was created for so you know it makes sense um and I think that difference of of mindset between them is is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. I think Echo is kind of, as much as he was ready to leave with them in season seven because he knew that he was different now and like he knew that he wouldn't just fit back in with the rest of everybody in the Republic, he kind of still has those ties back to that. And I think holds a little bit of that like close to his heart. Like we're just kind of running around doing all this stuff. like. I used to like be someone, I used to be doing this. I used to like be a big part of that army. So I do think that he has a little bit of like reservations almost, but I agree. I love him as kind of like the mom figure of just like, I'm so over everybody sometimes. Like he gets cranky and stuff like that. And I just think Echo deserves the world. Yes. I like, I remember those episodes and that he might have been actually my favorite during that during like the season seven obviously we didn't know he would be a part of the bad batch until mm -hmm. the end if i had to go back and pick one he might have been my favorite during that just because he was so beaten down and like just the way that his dynamic has changed with everyone in the bad batch too makes me so happy like the way that they didn't trust him and now he doesn't always trust everybody outside of it. It's, it's yeah. Echo has come a long way and I love him so much. I, I, I'm enjoying Echo more in the Bad Batch than I did in the Clone Wars. Yeah. I really like the, what they did with his character. Yeah. He's gotten more development and stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. Couldn't forget that the Echo appreciation there. We almost completely skipped over it. Um, <laughs> it's so going, Echo. Yeah. <laughs> poor Echo. Um, going back to predictions, the number one thing I want to see out of the show is the Camino Uprising. So that was from the original Battlefront 2 game uh, where it's uh, the Kaminoans basically get fed up with the Empire. So they create a batch of clones to fight against the Empire and the Stormtroopers. So it's on Camino. It's it's phase one clone troopers against Stormtroopers, Imperial Stormtroopers. 
And I think that would be just super cool to see. And, mm-hmm. you know, with the Kaminoans and stuff, obviously being on Camino, and that's where, you know, the empire is kind of um, stationed at the moment. It could happen. I could see it happen, happening. Um, Boba Fett too. We might see Boba Fett in the Bad Batch. Uh, in the Camino Uprising, he was the one kind of leading the empire. I do think he's a little young at this point uh, in canon. So I don't know if that would happen, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in some capacity in this show. Uh, bounty hunters are, are actually a big part of the show with Fennec and Cad Bane. Um, and I definitely think we're going to see Fennec again um, mm-hmm. in some capacity. Uh, we're obviously going to see Cad Bane because he's got to drop her off, uh, drop a leg off to Camino. Um, but who know, who's to say how many more bounty hunters we're going to see in this show? And uh, I think that's really cool too. Another thing too is I think they're probably setting Cad Bane up to be in the book of Boba Fett. Yes, because, I agree with that. Uh, obviously him and Boba had that duel in the unfinished episode of, of the Clone Wars. And now that we know that Cad Bane's alive in canon, I could definitely see him being in the book of Boba Fett. Totally. I wouldn't be mad about that either. And I kind of think that even with that being brought up, because Fennec is also going to be in the book of Boba Mm -hmm. Fett. So that is going to be interesting. I would love to see like if Fennec and Cad Bane run into each other, this is kind of my little thing that I hope happens as well, is that Fennec ends up helping the Bad Batch and to see maybe like a run-in between her and Cad Bane and maybe like, uh, obviously he is the best bounty hunter, but Fennec is also new to the scene. And like uh, Sid said, she's ruthless. She's like, she's brutal. I would love to see some sort of confrontation between those two because of course that would translate amazingly into Book of Boba Fett Mm -hmm. if that were to happen but kind of like maybe her seeing Cad Bane with Omega or anything like that and she's just like you know what this is a kid maybe I shouldn't be doing this and then she helps them Mm -hmm. that's something I would love to see I think giving her a little bit more depth because I think we've only really seen the surface of Fennec so far so I think that that would be a really cool way to bring her kind of away from just the bounty hunter mentality and kind of give her the din treatment a little bit. Yeah. With the current canon, everything is kind of cohesive and, and ties into each other. So I think that that it's a real good possibility that we see some of these characters show up in the book of Boba Fett, which would be cool, which would be really cool. Another thing I want to see kind of regarding the Camino uprising is uh, they, they're stormtroopers instead of clone troopers in that. And I think we are probably going to see the transition from clone trooper armor to stormtrooper armor because we have stormtrooper armor in Clone Wars animation from the last episode, and they don't just make those models to use once. Uh, so they they have them. I can almost guarantee they're going to repurpose them, those animation models, and we're going to see them uh, in the Bad Batch, which would be really cool to see kind of that that transition. Um, so I think that that basically wraps it up. Uh, the Bad Batch Funko Pops are currently hitting stores. Uh, so I'm going to try my hardest to get my hands on Crosshair. I'm sure you'll go for tech. Yep. I pre-ordered from GameStop, but I, I don't know why I made that mistake again. I'm going to tomorrow. <laughs> well, at least you got yours finally yep. after long last. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, uh, I think I just want Crosshair. I don't want to spend too much money, but no, I definitely exactly. need need to add that crosshair to my collection mm-hmm. oh another thing too is they just came out with the crosshair black series figure but in his yeah. uh imperial armor but it's not even accurate to the show because they just painted over his bad batch armor so he's still got the the antenna thing on his shoulder and like the 99 in engraving on his armor but it's hasbro are we surprised no nope, we no. are not <laughs> they don't care they don't care they just um, 
exactly. Uh, so Anna, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this one. I love The Bad Batch. I could easily see it becoming my new favorite Star Wars show. Um, I'm, I'm just loving it so far. And I'm really having a lot of fun kind of speculating and theorizing about it because I haven't really done that with any Star Wars property uh, as much as I'm doing it with The Bad Batch, which is, which is a lot of fun. Okay, back after some more technical difficulties. This podcast is just cursed. Uh, first, I lost power, then Anna just lost power. But but we're back and we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, so what I was saying was I'm really enjoying The Bad Batch so far. I could easily see it becoming my favorite Star Wars show. Um, and I'm just having so much fun theorizing and thinking about it and speculating. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing that a lot more with this show than I have with really any other Star Wars project, just kind of thinking about you know the show and where it could go um it's a lot of fun so um anna follow anna on tiktok if you guys aren't already at missing ben solo uh and also check out her etsy um you got any any last minute thoughts you want to want to say i just i agree i think this show is slowly becoming my favorite show out of all of them and it's just so ironic because i went into it very like I'll enjoy the show, but I don't know if it's going to be my favorite. It has easily surpassed a couple of them already, and it's only been eight episodes. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm just, I'm all about the Bad Batch right now. Yeah, I am too. I'm just worried about crosshair. Just worried about crosshair. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because um, I was at work this weekend uh, after uh, this past episode, episode eight, and I work at a golf course. So I'm sitting inside the golf cart barn just blank staring out at the course because I was genuinely sad about crosshair. The like, picture. Yeah. I was just thinking about crosshair and I was just, I was genuinely bummed about it. And it, you know, this show is finding ways to hurt me emotionally uh, that I haven't felt since rise of Skywalker when snap and Ben died. So, yep. Literally. Uh, thank you, Dave Filoni for that. I really appreciate you just ripping my heart out. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of Back to Jack Q. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, so what I like to do at the end of every episode, so I know who listened to the whole thing. Uh, if you're in the YouTube comment section, drop down in the comments, hashtag crosshair deserved better. <laughs> yes. Um, hashtag crosshair deserved better in the YouTube comments. Um, and thank you so much for listening. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, after I was in your live the other day when you were talking about the Bad Batch, I just knew I had to have you on for the Bad Batch episode. I was so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having That's me awesome. on. I could talk about this stuff for hours. Mm -hmm. It was funny because I, in the outline I said, let's shoot for around the 30, 40 30. minute mark, but it's okay if we go over. We definitely went over. We did. It's but fine. It's, it's good. It's good. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed and I will catch you in the next episode.